Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Let's get it started in here. And the bass keeps running, running, and running. Five seconds left in the in this context, there's no disrespect. So when I bust my rhyme, you break your neck. We got five minutes for us to disconnect. All of it is on the field. We're going to get the Comes into Jordan. Here's Michael at the foul line. A shot on Elo. Let's get it started. 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 What's up? What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the opening line. We are your hosts, Wits and Roz. And although he's important and he'll get his time to shine, Wits, I can't let you speak just yet because that it's that time of year as college basketball takes center stage with the tournament. And it is finally upon us. We're actually headed to the Sweet 16 now. If you're hearing this, we'll give you all that you need to know on what you should bet when it comes to the Sweet 16. If you're looking to wager this year, BetOnline is the number one spot for all of your updated odds and info, along with the greatest contests, including the bracket contest, where you have a chance to take home the top prize. Head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE, that is B-L-E-A-V. To get started, BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering needs, including live betting and your favorite casino games. BetOnline, where the game starts. Hey, Wits. Hey, good to be on, E. Uh, <clears throat> a lot going on. Uh, a lot of football news. I know we just had the first weekend of the tournament, but the, the NFL just never sleeps. Wow, you're just going to try to stroll into that football news that Xander has been taking down the shins for. Now, how you can – Describe it morally, that's up to you. He might have been eating dinner, so it didn't have complete time to evaluate what was being texted towards him by friend of the show, Jared Rubin, and myself. Um, but definitely taking it on the shins. Lots of big news, starting with the Tariq Hill news today. We didn't even get to talk about Devontae Adams last week. That <laughs> obviously occurred after we did the show. But we start with Tariq Hill going to play football for the Miami Dolphins with Tua Tagovailoa, who has the lowest air yards per pass of any quarterback in the league last year. But before we got there, we got to, we, we got to mention that we're looking forward to Baker Mayfield potentially removing Jalen Hurts from the Philadelphia Eagles. And this is where the morality comes into play as we just shit on Mr. Witz here on the other side of the phone for a good 15 minutes with zero response back due to him being at a family dinner, which we clap and respect for. Claps, claps for wits. I mean, I'm not going to take any Jalen Hurts slander. He's the only player in yeah. NFL history to have 4,000 passing yards and 1,000 rushing yards in his first 16 starts. I will not take any slander about him. How about winning? Made the playoffs in his second year. Did he win that game? No. Nope. Okay. So he's an 0 for playoff record. So does somebody else you love a lot. He used to have red hair, played in the Midwest. Might be the most average quarterback in the history of the NFL because, well, he does fall on that Mendoza line. I mean, we – no, Mendoza line's below average. We, we even – we did a 
a Wits and Raz study on the show that Andy Dalton is the definition of average. And I don't think Jalen Hurts finishes his career above Andy Dalton. Well, if you want to talk shit, having the James Harden of the NFL as your team's quarterback, then be my guest. James Harden of the – hey, has James Harden won a Super Bowl title? Mm. Let alone an Two NBA decades. title? Uh, Aaron Rodgers never won a big game in his life except one. That was, over, <laughs> that, that was two decades ago. Aaron Rodgers, if you want to do rounds as series, has won more rounds slash series than James Harden has on any of the three teams he's played for. Has been to more conference title games than James Harden's ever been to. How many of those has he won? What's his record in conference title games? Now you're going to bring it up. Better, I wasn't going to bring that up. Better, better than James Harden. That was what you said. Now, Aaron Rodgers is a great stat machine, regular season quarterback. Two MVPs. And my first thought when I hear that is regular season award because the guy doesn't win in the playoffs. That guy's won a Super Bowl, Xander. That's fine. You haven't won a fantasy championship in God knows how long. You're right. Okay. You're, just the, you're just the James Harden of the KMML. That's what you are. You don't even put up the stats in the regular season. You fucking suck. You're like a poor, poor fat man's James Harden. And that's James Harden fat. So you're a fatter version of that. They got to put you on a scale. TLC does a oh. fucking series about you. I don't know it would get you this riled up. 600-pound man. You want to come out at Aaron Rodgers, a Super Bowl champion, a four-time MVP, four-time MVP. sit down. There's a sit-down moment, especially since we were talking about Jalen Hurts. And I think Baker Mayfield might be better for that team. Who knows? No, I, I mean, <clears throat> I like Baker, but no. I don't, I don't really care if Jalen Hurts is straight. I'm going to be a fan of whatever team he goes to. And if the Eagles don't think he's good enough, then there. I guess we'll just, we'll just slide back. They'll, they'll slide back into obscurity. They won with Nick Foles. They don't need much in Philadelphia. I mean, that was maybe the luckiest Super Bowl ever. I won't take anything away from it, but, I mean, it was a, a once-in-a-lifetime run. Well, let's – Let's get we talk, let's, no, let's, before we talk wide receivers, I might as well ask you, there's the quarterback carousel, which we – I don't think we covered fully. We didn't. Deshaun Watson, $230 million to go play for the Browns. Pretty incredible offer. And the Browns might have, like, a legit quarterback for the first time ever. So that's – so whoever has that jersey with all the quarterback names might finally have – the buck might stop with Watson. Now, there's a lot to be said about that. And then Matt Ryan to the Colts, which – not a lot of love. I don't know why people don't give a lot of love. I know I've been raked over the coals for supporting Matt Ryan a little bit. Funny enough, coming from a guy who can't pick a quarterback from a pair of dirty socks in his laundry unit. I mean, Matt Ryan and the Colts might be the most intriguing to me of what occurred. And then you're left with Garoppolo and Baker sitting around. I mean, I don't even want to talk about Carson Wentz going to the Commanders. First time I've said the Commanders on the show, by the way. So that's, that's for that. But Matt Ryan. More impactful. Here we go. I'm going to fucking say it because we have big takes on the show. More impactful in Indy than Deshaun Watson will be in Cleveland. Um, hmm. Well, I guess it depends how you define more impactful. But Matt Ryan, to me, it just it smells like Phillip Rivers round two. Like, he'll be decent. But what a fair um, amount of games. Better than decent his last year. In fact, would have liked for him to come back and play. 
with sprain, he had some ankle injury as well. Matt Ryan, mobility wise, completely right, gone, way different. Deshaun Watson. Matt Ryan is a statue, and he's done. That's my take on it. I will okay. say no more. Well, I've said mine. My piece is that I think he's the better. He's the better acquisition of the two. I think Watson. You still have to watch out for shit to pop up where he might not even be able to play in games. And we all know that's fine. He's not showing that he's a bad quarterback by not playing in games. That doesn't help your franchise when you give $230 million away to have somebody sitting on your bench. I mean, Josh Gordon is a great example as well. A lot of people paid him money, the Browns, for one. Never played a game. Wasn't because he wasn't good enough. Wasn't because he couldn't have been the best receiver in the league. Didn't play games. I'm just saying, I think Matt – and Matt Ryan, don't have any of that issue. I think Matt Ryan can still sling the ball. They maybe even bring in Julio Jones. People are just forgetting about Michael Pittman like he was nothing last year. Michael Pittman with Carson Wentz, who throws the ball 20 yards further away from the receiver than they're supposed to be because his accuracy is so fucking poor. He made some of the biggest plays for that team. I think Pittman's a real wide receiver. I have a lot of respect for him. Agreed. I like Matt Ryan. I like Matt Ryan with the Colts. I don't. It's hard to like anything in the AFC these days because nothing's going towards the Super Bowl unless it goes through the AFC West. I mean, that is – as beyond loaded as possible. And the Chiefs seem to be the only team hurting themselves, which we'll get into with the wide receiver situation. And, yeah, I just wanted ultimately your take on Baker and potentially Jimmy Garoppolo, where they fall in line with this Watson and Matt Ryan news. Yeah, well, I mean, the one thing you can say about Matt Ryan, you know, the best ability is availability. And the guy has consistently been on the field his entire career. Um, and he could, I think, could make an impact on this Colts team. I think he's washed up. Um, I could be wrong, but I don't, I just don't see him making us like a Super Bowl type impact. I could see them, you know, making a first round playoff game and kind of going out like the Colts did a couple of years ago with Phillip Rivers. But the Deshaun Watson newsy, it just kind of smells like a, a Browns franchise move. Um, there's no doubt that he's a great quarterback, very talented. But like you said, there's still a lot going on there that we might not have all the details of yet. And I feel a little bit bad for Baker Mayfield. Um, as prickly of a guy as he can be, I don't think as fans we give guys enough credit, maybe just because we don't know of like playing through injuries and playing hurt. Um, and I think that's, you know, basically Baker played last year, I think very banged up. And while I think Watson is a better quarterback, I think guys get a bad rap for going out there and not playing that great, but being hurt. Or as like a fan, you're just like, this guy stinks. Um, but I think Baker is going to land on his feet somewhere. And, you know, he's the type of guy that I'd want on my team. He's a very fiery guy. Um, and I feel the same way about Jimmy Garoppolo in terms of playing through injuries. I think put him on the right team. Like maybe he, if he got traded to Miami, I think that could be a pretty potent offense. <laughs> 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 they've done oh. everything but go for the quarterback in their defense in the last two years like the amount of wide receivers they've brought into Miami it's like they think that the only thing you need on a roster is wide receivers I mean date back to last year where they draft Jalen Waddle sign Will Fuller sign somebody else I can't remember and they already had Devontae Parker there I mean now you add Tariq Hill to that mix I know Will Fuller is a free agent still but I, the Dolphins to me Miami is taking a lot of LA traffic, in my opinion. It's no tax situation. It's a party town now. People like being Miami, and it's just they're just creating a party team. Like that team isn't a Super Bowl contending team, in my opinion. They have all these fancy 
Ferraris and stuff, but they don't have like that muscle car that's going to drag them the rest of the way. Now I know they signed Armstead to protect Tua. This guy can't get the ball 11 yards down the field. And you got the fastest guy in the league who's going to be 40 yards down the field. Yeah, and that's a great point. I feel like the Tyree Kill signing was kind of putting a piece of tape over uh, you know, a pipe with a hole in it. Like you're not, you're not really fixing a pipe. You're just, you know, putting something out there that might help. But in the long run, like you said, if you get a guy who can't really throw the ball, the Tyree Kill signing to me kind of felt like the Chris Bryant contract with the Rockies. There's nothing wrong with Chris Bryant, but just paying guys huge sums of money that end up, you know, like not making a huge impact. Not to say that Chris Bryant couldn't 40 home runs, but you look at Mike Trout, best player in baseball. How many times has he been in the playoffs, right? It's just, it's not always about one guy. In the Tyree Kill situation, you know, from what I've seen. Never, the guy might never catch a playoff touchdown. Yeah, I mean, from what I've seen. For $120 million. Uh, yeah, I don't know if that was the the right move. Like, he's a great player. I think Tyree Kill is actually a little bit underrated as a receiver. I think people talk about him just being fast, but there's a lot of guys who are fast in the NFL. None of them really make plays like Tyree Kill. Um, so I've got nothing wrong with him as a player, but I just don't, I don't see Tua being the guy to make the type of plays that we saw in Kansas city. So that's my thought on the dolphins. And I don't think they're getting past Buffalo. No, I don't know. Circumstance. Dude, I don't, so, I, I don't see them getting past the Patriots. The Patriots are the model of that, not needing a receiver and the dolphins. All they did was draft a receiver in the first round last year and signed a $120 million man, three kill. Now I get they're playing with Tua's rookie contract, so they've got money to spend. But, I, I mean, I, I have no idea. You don't have Brian Flores there anymore. You've got a new guy in there. Like, I think Flores really began to turn that team around with the way they finished the season last year. Seems like a bold play, a weird play. I don't really get it type situation. I mean, I almost got it more if you went to – uh, the New York Jets, which who were in contention, because I don't really know Zach Wilson yet. Maybe he does, uh, honestly, Zach Wilson, in my opinion, has a, more of an arm already than Tua, so that could have been interesting. But it's hard to beat Miami. Nobody wants to not be in Miami. Um, and then lastly yeah. is the Devonte Adams thing, going to his hometown team, going back to his college quarterback, a guy he has been practicing practicing with in the offseason every year except for the last two where. Coincidentally, he had his best two seasons. Um, <laughs> I, uh, it hurts me as a Packers fan, and I'm not saying anything out of spite because Devontae Adams is still the best receiver in the league, and mm-hmm. none of this is going to have any impact on him. Derek Carr is not your answer. And I don't think – like, in that division alone, Derek Carr, I don't think they make the playoffs. I also don't think he has the productivity that he has with Aaron Rodgers because – as I was like, as it was explained on our, like there are throws Aaron Rodgers makes that maybe Patrick Mahomes makes and that's it. And yeah. Most of, and most of the times that ball needs to be in that perfect of a spot separation wise between Devante and the defender and all of that. And not to mention just like the creative, we don't know anything about what Josh McDaniels is going to bring. Maybe he brings a Patriots regime in there. He fucking sucked with the Broncos. He could easily suck again with the Raiders, just a new AFC West team to tank. It seems like he left such a great situation when they offered him the same money and we get it. You want to do what you got to do what you want to do. And that's him wanting to go home and play for that team. But you could have done what Rogers did sign three years, 
take a massive amount of money there or sign one more year, take a massive amount of money and uh, see if you can. Well, they were going to tag him. They were going to tag him. They did tag him. All right. They offered offered him a long-term deal that matched that of the Raiders. And uh, he decided to go with the Raiders. I think his winning percentage went down leaving this team. And I don't think the Packers are going to ail as much as people want to make the joke about it right now, but it sucks to see him, see him leave because he is that tremendous of a talent. And uh, that's all I've got to say to it. I still think he went to the worst team in the AFC West. Okay. I don't think that's really a fair thing to say that, you know, if they don't make the playoffs, it's going to be like a bad season because that's the best division in football by, I think a mile. You've got You're four. judged on winning and losing, Xander. That is what it is. We are done with participation trophies. They don't get a trophy for playing in the AFC West. They don't. I know. I know. But, I mean, I think judging him just on the, you know, the playoffs, I mean, Derek Carr could still throw for 5,000 yards. Devontae Adams could still, you know, catch 10 touchdowns. Um, but, yeah, I thought that was interesting that finding out that he got the same deal from the Packers and, Decided he wanted to leave. I, I was a little, little baffled by that. Um, but I, I guess, you know, he is going back to where he grew up. So it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see what the Packers do at wide receiver, um, you know, either in the draft or, you know, through signing a couple guys because they've definitely got say Aaron Rodgers is the best pass, pure passer in the league. So we'll see what happens. But, I mean, I think the Packers right now, I don't think you disagree with me. The regular season is not very important. For them I mean just looking at the division it's you know if their season starts at the NFC championship game easy for you to say that I enjoy well, watching my team. I suck it I suck in and absorb all the great moments that is watching the regular season and their playoff runs because I understand it's fleeting and as a Bears fan you never know what that's like but it's okay I get it um that's a lot of NFL again the NFL creep which is our favorite thing to cover and talk about that's creeping heavy into March Madness which has got to be my second favorite activity of the entire year close to the Masters are probably close by um before we get into March Madness and the Sweet 16 it's almost like they knew wits so if we're we're on week three of a health kick I mean I'm down as of today on the boards down 10 pounds wits is down almost 14 pounds We've been on a tremendous kick since we got back from the Arnold Palmer. And it's almost like they knew Wits because we got a new ad from Athletic Greens. Tons of people talk multivitamins, but it's important to choose one that is top quality. With one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, superfoods, probiotics, and aptogens to start your day right. They really tried tried their Wits with a big word. Their special <laughs> blends of ingredients support gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, energy, recovery, focus, and aging. It's also lifestyle friendly and fits a wide range of diets. There's only one gram of sugar and no chemicals or artificial anything. Reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash believe. That is B-L-E-A-V. Again, that, that's athleticgreens.com slash believe. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. These products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Athletic Greens, take ownership of your health. I've actually heard a couple of people talk about Athletic Greens, and I was a bit curious, and I'm even more curious about it. I love it. 
<laughs> I love how they told me to read the disclaimer quickly, and I did. You did. I mean, it's a, it's just what you got to do, man. Um, but yeah, let's talk a little bit about the tournament. My first takeaway: all the hot steam teams were trash. And talking- wait, if we're if we're going, if we're starting with shitting up, fuck the Big Ten. I want that to be the first one we go. I want to attack them at the legs, cut the calves, get the fucking ACL tendons, all of it cut off. I want to just strip that leg bare. They got no legs to stand on. Yeah. Um, Kentucky, Tennessee, Iowa, Auburn. Auburn. You can also throw the SEC. You're not even Ohio State, Wisconsin. Yeah. I mean, just all the teams that I thought were going to do well are out pretty much. So um, I think that gives you a little insight. I think you brought this up um, last week, Roz, about how the conference tournament champions have not fared so well since uh, the UConn led, you know, Kemba Walker team won the tournament about 12 years ago. Um, So yeah, interesting so far. Uh, Best story of the tournament. I think you have to give it to St. Peter's right now being a 15 seed but is it not feeling like they're not getting all the love that past 15 set i think it's almost becoming more frequent i mean this is back-to-back years a 15 seed has made it to the sweet 16 oral roberts did it last year against ohio state and we're not that far removed from florida gulf coast doing it as well it's almost becoming more normal st pete's i haven't been hearing a whole lot about the holy cox i mean they are i feel like it's a fantastic story but i feel like that murray state game got glanced over it did a little bit, and I don't know how you feel about the overall tournament, Roz, but to me, it, it seems like it gets a little harder to pick every year. It seems like the teams and the seating kind of mush together because you get, you know, with the transfer portal and, you know, all these different guys going all over the place, it seems like there's not as much of a separation anymore between the actual seeds and the teams, you know, which we, we've seen three fifteen seeds, like you said, over the last few years. Um, you know, make some deeper runs. And it just, I think it's getting harder to pick games in the tournament because the teams are, it seems like they're, the talent's more evenly distributed. Yeah, they're certainly blurring the lines more than they ever have. I don't think we're, I think much like the Kemba Walker thing occurred, the Anthony Davis led Kentucky team is another thing that like, I remember for a couple of years really tripped me up. It's like the idea that they have all these number one recruits that all are going to go play in the NBA next year. Why isn't that team going to win? Oh, look, Anthony Davis literally marched them all the way to a win. It's not happening anymore. The one and done led teams are not the, they're not the dominant ones. And I don't know if it's for a lack of, not a lack of effort, but a lack of like pizzazz or caring about this tournament the way other teams do like these St. Peter's who this is the biggest stage of basketball they'll ever play on. Um, I mean, they took it to Kentucky. They didn't let Kentucky up, and there were some interesting things about the way St. Peter's plays. Defense is really, if you've never played against it, it's really off-putting to the other team. So kudos to them. I do not want to take a single thing away from St. Peter's. In fact, it makes it easier for Purdue to go in and beat them this week, which I need (laughs) because your boy's still very much alive in the tournament. But, yeah, the the NCAA is shifting. There's definitely a different paradigm to it. and I think because you can be seen on more TVs and all over the place and gambling's growth and everything, um, players are less inclined just to stay at the North Carolinas, the Dukes, the Kentuckys um, of the world. So, we'll see. I mean, it has gotten harder and harder for sure to pick these games. 
Yeah, and just looking at, you know, a couple other uh, good matchups so far. I mean, Gonzaga, they've really been tested throughout the first two rounds. Um, I think they got, you know, one of Memphis's better games that they played this year. And, you know, they weren't able to close them out. But I thought that was a, that was a really exciting game on Saturday between Gonzaga and Memphis. And uh, Drew Timmy with another monstrous second-half performance. He did the same thing in round one. Um, but, yeah, he, he's been great so far. Uh, so now we got Gonzaga, Arkansas um, tomorrow at 6 o'clock Central. I uh, got a good matchup, I think, between Texas Tech and Duke. And then uh, – Well, yeah, I want to elaborate kind of on that portion, and that's uh, West. I think Gonzaga is going to roll Arkansas. I think we saw New Mexico State hold down Arkansas, and they struggle to score at times. I think Gonzaga played a close matchup in Memphis, and it's just one of those things where I think they're now shot out of cannon. They were tested, blah, blah, blah. I think, and it get, I get nervous, I, I picked Texas Tech. I've been saying it on the show a lot. I like Texas Tech. Defensively, they're probably the most sound team remaining in the West um, bracket. And I think if they can get past Duke, they'll give Gonzaga the best challenge of the remaining four teams. Duke gets there. I think it's, again, another shootout like it was earlier in the year. I know Duke got that victory earlier. But there's just something telling me that come tournament time, once again, these one-and-done freshmen are not going to hold up against Drew Timmy and some of the other guys that have been there for the last three years and they're all their runs. I think Gonzaga has a pretty clear path if Texas Tech doesn't get the opportunity to hold them up. And that's here's to hoping on that. Um, in which we move down, I know you probably want to talk about the East. I mean, we got eight North Carolina against four UCLA and then Purdue versus St. Pe Peter's. Um, North Carolina, a wagon. Not a lot of love for them. I did say on last week's show that the ACC might be this year's Pac-12. So far, proving to be so with Miami, North Carolina, and Duke all being in the Sweet 16. Um, North Carolina, impressive basketball. I know they almost blew it away at a 25-point lead, but they, they've been a sharp team, to say the least. Yeah, I mean, the, the, second, the last 10 minutes of the second half in the Baylor-UNC game was – I think one of the most exciting things that I've ever watched. Um, and I, I was shocked that Baylor took the game to overtime and then lost. It just, it felt like they were going to cruise in overtime, but didn't happen. You got to give a lot of credit to UNC, um, you know, because giving up 25 point lead, it was, it was truly unbelievable. And it started right after, um, what's, what's the guy's name who got ejected? Um, Manic. Manic. Yeah. I mean, he's got like, I think almost 60 points so far in two games or one and a half, basically, and the game completely turned after that. Super exciting, though. That, that's a nice matchup, UCLA-UNC. I feel like UCLA hasn't been getting a lot of love, but, you know, you look at, um, you know, first-round matchup was, was a little tight, but then they came out and smoked St. Mary's. I think that'll be a nice game. And then Purdue, I mean, you know, it doesn't get much better than, than facing a 15 seed in the Sweet 16. So, I mean, they've got – I guess really nothing I have to say about that. I mean, they should definitely win, but you never know. You never do know. And I'm hoping, obviously, uh, I, would love, I would love a Purdue-UCLA matchup there, but we'll have to wait and see. I think North Carolina is definitely going to give UCLA a pretty swift challenge. And I know UCLA took it to St. Mary's, a pretty good team, struggled a little bit with Akron, but they've been a tournament staple the last couple of years, and we'll see if they can get back to the Final Four. Um, which we find out on Sunday. We move over to the Midwest, Kansas, Providence, staying chalk there. Your boy was riding both these guys. So 
It worked out for them. I think Kansas is going to get past Providence. Providence, again, played in some of the luckiest games of the year. Um, their record reflected that. They came out on the right side of lucky more often than not. I think Kansas is is rolling. I think, again, Creighton pushed them a little bit, and I think Kansas is going to have a better performance. Uh, we will not be seeing Wisconsin or Auburn in the bottom game here, which I had originally. But we have Iowa State, the 11, versus the 10, Miami. Miami is looking sharp offensively. Um, Iowa State's looking sharp defensively. This should be a very interesting matchup. It could go either way. Um, I don't know if you have any take on that yet, but I do think Kansas is in the better position up north. Yeah, I mean, you look, Roz, you look at Kansas's, you know, walk through this bracket, and I think they might have the easiest path in the tournament. I mean, they get, you know, Texas Southern round one, Creighton round two, Providence. Uh, they avoided all the problems they were supposed to face, Iowa, right. Wisconsin, Auburn. All right, and now, you know, you're telling me that they're one win away from facing the winner of Iowa State, Miami, to get to a Final Four. So um, this is really set up. Couldn't be set up any better for Bill Self, but I think the one thing I've noticed about him during his tenure at Kansas is he, I don't think he does a great job at winning big games. Um, you know, he's been three Final Fours. He's won a title once. But to me, Kansas always seems like a team that, for the most part, underachieves. Um, I do think they're going to be Providence as well, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if they came out and laid an egg. Um, and then looking at ISU-Miami, I mean, those two teams were, were not supposed to go this far, but Iowa State, um, very tough team. And Miami, that game against Auburn, I mean, if I didn't know the seeds or, you know, see the colors on the jerseys, I would have thought that seeding was switched around because Auburn was atrocious and embarrassing. <laughs> and as a, you know, a team that I picked to win a couple of my brackets, I mean, it was disgusting to watch because I've been, I was waiting all game for a comeback that never came. You know, Jabari Smith was terrible. Um, and Miami, and I forgot the guy's first name, but Wong on Miami has been, I'd have to give him the, the player of the tournament so far as it stands today. And they just wiped the floor with Auburn. It wasn't even close. So I think this should be an exciting game. Um, obviously two lower seeds here, but you know what? They made it this far. Um, have beaten teams they weren't supposed to beat. So um, I'm excited. Um, and then I think we're, I think we're going to get a KU Miami matchup in the elite eight in the Midwest. Yeah, I feel that way too. Then we go back to the top with interesting matchups. I think the seeds are a little off, but like, Hey, a Michigan doesn't look like an 11. I know they barely made it into the tournament, but they've been playing some of the best ball of this tournament, putting once again, the big 10 on their back as they've made their fifth straight sweet 16. I mean, the big 10 outside of Michigan and Purdue right now is pitiful. I mean, Illinois shouldn't have even been in that game against Houston, Chattanooga, slow motion collapse, let them win by one. Um, Houston just handled business there. They'll play Arizona, who we'll talk about here in a second. But Michigan, they got Tennessee, you know. And I know Tennessee, it was kind of a roller coaster of a game, but they got them. Michigan's been great at closing these games. Colorado State had a massive lead to start the entire tournament off as they were the first game, ended up losing by double digits. Villanova looked good, looked steady, looked consistent. They let Ohio State in a couple of times in that game. But Villanova, to me, is the scariest two seed, which doesn't bode well for Arizona. I think Villanova is one of those complete teams that you see each year in the tournament. They've got the veterans. They've got the great guard play. They have solid defense. Um, I think Villanova-Michigan could be one of the more exciting games tomorrow. And there is a full slate of exciting games with Gonzaga-Arkansas, Texas-Duke, and Arizona-Houston. 
but I, I'm really looking forward to Michigan Villanova, hoping Villanova gets through this one. And we then have Houston, Arizona, Arizona, lucky as can be that they're in this position. I think they should have lost that game to TCU. I think they were they got, totally not. Yeah, they, got man, they got manhandled by TCU, I they thought. Did. Absolutely. And I think that's one of those things like Gonzaga, who I thought should have lost to Memphis as well. It just you, – you, these ones escape that, and then I think they run. And I know Houston's not a team to run on. Houston's defense is absolutely incredible, and their scoring is – high level they're a good team behind the three-point line but I there's some concern I have with the Arizona Houston game and the Gonzaga Arkansas game where I think these two ones just saw mistakes and now they're gonna run yeah the end of that Arizona TCU game or the end of regulation I thought was an absolute crime I mean that guy got basically tackled um, across the half court line so, I mean, that was unfortunate, and I, it would have been more unfortunate if Arizona had beaten the buzzer in regulation. I thought that was, you know, a terrible missed call. Um, but, yeah, Arizona, I mean, for a team that, you know, I would say has another third of the shares of my champions in the other brackets, they, they didn't look great. Um, and this Houston team, Roz, I mean, I think they massively outplayed Illinois. I know that game got a little close, and it would have been closer, I think, if that technical foul hadn't been called on the breakaway dunk with the Illini, but regardless, Houston's a feisty team, right? They've been, they've made it far in the tournament before. So I'm really looking forward to that game. And then, uh, you know, on the bottom, that was just, that was classic Rick Barnes, uh, Tennessee, everything's set up and they just come out and just don't play very well. Michigan, you know, looked like uh, a team that should have been like a, like a three seed, like Purdue or, or Wisconsin or something like that. Cause they've been, I think the best representation of the big 10 so far. I know Purdue's there as well, but Michigan's played really well. And then Villanova, um, it seems like they've got, you know, the names rotate, but they've always got this really excellent point guard who runs the show for like the past decade, whether it's Gillespie, DiVincenzo, Archie Diacono, right? It's always like the same type of player. Um, so yeah, I think Villanova wasn't getting a lot of love free tournament. But out of all the two seeds so far, uh, they've been the most impressive to me. Yeah. Um, it's curious to see how this all finishes up. I'd love what I, my outcome of a Kansas-Purdue final with Purdue winning because then your boy could take home some nice cash. Um, and, uh, yeah, man, it's, uh, it's, been, it's another fun tournament. I love March Madness. And the refs are starting to bleed into it a little bit. There's been a lot of complaints about the refs. Supposedly there's been a ref problem all year long. Um, let's just start getting technology to rep these games. That way we could take all the shit out of there. Um, but yeah, I'm excited. It starts back up tomorrow, or if you're listening to this today, here on Thursday, March 24th. Um, it should be a fun run. Wits, any last thoughts on this uh, week's episode? Uh, no. This is just a, it's a great time of the year for sports. Great time of the year for sports. Great time of the year to speculate if Jalen Hurts is going to be the quarterback of the Philadelphia Eagles. Probably not. Um, and, uh, yeah, that's pretty much all I got. I don't give a shit about baseball, so I didn't even bring it up. You you guys, you slipped in the Chris Bryant thing, so claps, claps to you. Um, here's to the Packers trading for Tyler Lockett or DK Metcalf and then signing uh, or drafting Alave and Traylon Burks. That's, that's the game plan so far. And, uh, yeah. We'll catch you next week, everybody, with the Final Four set, with the Masters weekend right there. We are ready to rock. 
and uh, I'm gonna do that. That's pretty much it. I'm gonna say goodbye to you guys. Peace! To believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube